You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 229 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the first episode of 2019 with Gina Militia. How are you Gina? Woohoo! Happy New Year, everyone. I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. Happy New Year, everyone. Now, Gina and I have, well, as you know, we were, we are in separate states. We're quite yeah. far apart from each other. Uh, but Gina and I both have alcohol. I don't know if you can even hear this. I'm trying to make noise. <laughs> I've already opened this. crystal out. Yeah, you've got the finals crystal out because you're actually drinking champagne. However, yeah. I wasn't in the mood for champagne because I'm having pasta later, sausage pasta. I love sausage pasta so much. Ooh. That's like chorizo. Um, so I'm having um, specifically it's three sheets pale ale from the Lord Nelson Brewery. So clink. Clink. Oh, can, clink. Well, uh, can, you, can you hear the bubbles? I can't hear the actual cheers. bubbles, Gina. Oh yeah, I can hear them. Okay. Cheers, Valerie. <laughs> cheers. Happy New Year. So we're all so everyone, if you have a your favorite tipple or if you're a teetotaler, then you know, whatever you're drinking. Um cheers to you guys too. We're drinking now. Oh my god, I needed that. <laughs> Oh, I needed that too. I've had a full-on day. I needed that. Now, Gina and I are actually recording this before the start of the new year because Gina is going to be overseas at a secret location um, shooting, photographing uh, in the new year. So we're recording this a bit early, but we are partaking in celebratory, you know, stuff that we're imbibing. As is our tradition. As is our tradition. Uh, Previously, when we've been in the same room and we've polished off, you know, multiple bottles of, (laughs) and sometimes even we're not in the same room, multiple (laughs) bottles of champagne. But we don't drink every week. We only drink on special occasions. Mm. And that is why, um, that's why we've cracked this open now. And this is not sponsored, by the way. I just mentioned the name of the craft beer because... I've actually never drunk it before. It was just in the fridge. <laughs> Do you know I never got the hang of beer in my life? And really? it's not going to happen now. I just, it looks, it, it on a hot summer's day, mm. I think nothing looks more appealing than a a, a a glass of beer. It always, I always look and I go, wow, that looks so yum. And then. A glass, no. just drink it from the bottle. I just don't like it. I have not developed a taste for it. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, I don't have it very often, but I do enjoy it from time to time. Champagne, on the other hand, I love. (laughs) Let us know in the Facebook group what your favourite drink is, no matter whether it's alcoholic or non-alcoholic. 
I'd, we'd love to know. Let us know. And if you're not sure what we're talking about in terms of the Facebook group, if you're new to us, because maybe you've decided to try out some new podcasts in this period in, uh, in the new year, then all you need to do is go to Facebook and search for So You Want to Be a Photographer Podcast Community and request to join. It's free to join. It's a great listener community. We talk about all things to do with photography and as well as, you know, ask questions and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, join us. It's free to join. We'd love to have you in there. All right. So now that this is now, and, and please do excuse us that we may be taking a few sips throughout this episode. We don't do this every episode. Uh, no, remember, we don't. No, no, no. We'd like to, but we don't. So being the first episode of 2019, well, being the start of 2019, I always find that at the beginning of the year, it's a great time to kind of plan the year or if not plan it, because sometimes that's uh, getting into a bit much detail at the very least to set some goals or some intentions or just some things that you know you want to do and I do think it is a little bit of an arbitrary um, date to do that because really you can do that anytime it doesn't have to be January but Mm. that seems to be the time when most of us do it so hey why not let it continue right so is that what you do? Do you set some goals? Because one I of the do. things that you asked me, uh, I think last episode, was whether I reflect on the year, which I don't mm. really do that much of. But do you set goals and, and, and yep. what kind of process do you do you go through to, to set those goals? So my New Year process is the same. I do this on New Year's Eve. I will really? write down what I want to achieve for the year and put it on a piece of paper and then you look back on it on it in a year's time and see what you've managed to tick off. You actually and put it on a piece of paper? Yeah, yeah, I write it down. And, and I think just the art of writing it down and, and so, some of them can often feel a bit scary or out of my league, of you know, and I aim – I try and aim high for for all my goals and then there's also more practical goals as well but I make sure that I write all of them down and I'm always amazed at the end of the year at just how many um, come true. I am yet to date Brad Pitt but I'll (laughs) continue to write that down. I feel like that goal is getting closer now. You never know. know. Well, he's single now. He's not with Angelina anymore. No. Yeah, reckon, you know, you're in with a chance. Well, my dad always used to say to me, "Well, you know, why not you? You know, someone yeah, has to do exactly. it. Why Someone's can't got it be to you? Date him? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Do you write I that could, every year? Yeah, marry Brad Pitt. No, date Brad Pitt. I don't want to marry him, but like, you know, we've got a lot in common. I like mm. architecture. He likes architecture. You know, Does he? I, we could talk about <laughs> art. Yeah, he's into it. Okay. He might listen to this podcast. He's into photography. Hi, Brad. Yeah, hi, listening. Brad. Yeah. Call me 041. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I'm curious, Gina, what sorts of things did you write down um, in, in 2018? Or if you don't want to talk about that, what sorts of things have you written down in the past that have come true or that have, you know, realised? Okay, so... This is the the truth here, Val, that many years ago, and I'm talking 10 years ago, okay, I made a list and on that list was uh, start a podcast, 
and also the no other way. One was, Seriously, <laughs> and the was other not. one was yes, and the other one was <laughs> to uh, start a school of photography. Yeah, really? Yes. You've never told me this. I know, and it's true. Are you lying? I'm not lying. What? Why would I lie? Why, What's the point? Why have you? Why have you not? Why have you not never told me this before? I don't know, Val. But like, yeah, there were a couple of them, and uh, you know, I often put down places that I want to visit, and yes. also write down people that I'd like to photograph, and often, and you know what? This this is like, um, this is an activity that I actually do every night before I go to sleep, and I've done this every night of my life. I think of all the things that I want to do and that's how I, I fall asleep. I but think of all the so possibilities. Things, yes, there? and it's different every night, but like and sometimes I've just had like the most outrageous and ridiculous thoughts of, hey, wouldn't it be good to do this? And then it might be a year, two, five years later and suddenly I'm doing it and I realise, oh my God, I thought of this ages ago that wouldn't it be amazing to do this and here I am doing it now I don't know if that's a coincidence or if you just put something into your energy or that and then you work backwards so here's the end result here's what I want what do I need to do to achieve that and that's kind of like how I think about goal setting so you know somewhere down the track I would like to uh, go on a date with Brad Pitt. Well, what do I need to, to make that happen? What are the things that I need to do to put that in motion? Well, it would probably help if he, you know, I started to move in the same circles. So how can yeah. I do that? You know, and it's kind of like that. It's like, okay, so I want to go and photograph a particular landscape. Well, you can dream about it or you can work out, well, how can I make this happen? And if it's a matter of like, I need to get to that particular location and, you know, I'll set myself a time limit of the next five years. Well, maybe if I put away $5 a week every week, that's going to get me the airfare eventually to get there. And then I need to maybe learn the skills to be able to when I get to that location, know how to photograph it. So how about I practice landscape photography right where I am and learn how to use my camera and, you know, capture a sunset or I want to do documentary photography or portrait photography. How can I hone those skills to get the end result? And I think we talked about playing the long game last uh, in the last episode. So, yeah, it's kind of like set a goal and then work backwards. Okay, cool. What about you? What What are your goals? You mean for 2019? Mm. You know I just got used to writing 2017. I know, right? It's crazy how time flies. Um, I don't know because usually as as listeners have just heard, um, we're recording this just before the end of 2018. Um, So I haven't done that process yet. And usually what I do is I go through a process. It's not actually my process. There are lots of things around in during January, you know, on the internet or somebody says, hey, let's do a goal setting process. And I'll just jump on with that. And I will just follow along with their process. So that's what I did at the start of 2018. Um, A friend of mine was doing her own sort of goal-setting thing with a group of um, people. So I just jumped on that and we all did it via, um, you know, like Skype video kind of Mm -hmm. as a group. And um, 
and and so I just followed. I, I I'm just a participant in the process in a sense. Right. So and and there, there's no lack of those sorts of things that are around in January. So I usually just follow along with somebody else's thing, and yeah, um, yeah and because because usually they end up going through a very similar po- process to achieve the same result, which is to set some goals. Yeah, and um, yeah, I do find it very useful, if not just for the fact that it is a thought provoking activity. Yeah, and it is scary because. I, it's scary to set a specific goal as opposed to want to take a holiday this year. That's not very specific, right? Yeah. You know, that's, that's still better than no goal. I mean, it's still a goal, which is fine. But if you say set a particular revenue goal or a particular, you know, you want to achieve, to like you said, photograph a particular person, it's very specific. Yeah. So sometimes it can be quite scary to set a specific goal and that might be for some of our listeners get a certain number of um, jobs per month, yeah. you know, photographic shoots, yeah. paid shoots per month or revenue goal, as I said, um, or shoot a certain number of weddings or whatever. And because and I'm, I think it's because once you say it out loud, it's like, oh, but what if I don't get there, then I failed. Ooh. And it can be easy to not um, not be specific yep, and not to say it out loud because you're afraid that it might not happen. Yeah. But I guess the thing is, first of all, who's going to know anyway if you're just telling yourself? <laughs> and writing it down. I think writing it down too. And writing that, it down. That, that solidifies it because then you've yes. not only said it out loud but you were there to see yourself say it out loud. Do you know what I mean? Because if yes. you like think it or say it out loud, it kind of didn't really happen. But if you – Yes. I think the act of writing it, it's like telling yourself, no, I'm serious about this. I'm That's writing right. it down. And the scary thing was when at the start of this year, what I did with this group of people, they were a group of artists, um, I set a revenue goal. And it was a really, you know, for somebody who hadn't been doing art for that long, it was actually quite a high revenue goal. Hmm. And and I was so scared to say it out loud like uh, to this group over Skype video or whatever we did. And um, I finally said it out loud and uh, you know it took everything I could to to bring <laughs> myself to say the number yeah and then and then I had to it wasn't just to me I suddenly was accountable to yeah. you know eight other people or whatever and then what happened was I just went along my merry way and I had some other goals and I started you know working towards some of my other goals but then it got to March, right? So I know it's only two months later, but it got to March and I looked at all of the goals that I had set and some of them I was achieving because they were, you know, um, they were achievable. But my revenue goal was, oh my God, how am I going to get to this revenue goal? And I actually worked out the number of, you know, things uh, things I had to sell or jobs I had to do or whatever. Yeah. And... I realized uh, I just don't know how this is going to happen. So um, it's, you know, almost humanly impossible. I can't paint this many things, you know what I mean? There's a certain limit. So I thought, okay, well, I have to 
get creative and I have to find a way to make a huge chunk of this revenue sometime soon because otherwise because even though it's March soon it'll be June and that really half the year is over and and what if I'm not there yet what if I've only you know progressed a, a short amount of time and it's amazing how you're forced to think laterally yeah if you're if suddenly you have to achieve something you may have had you may have to think of a different way to achieve it to the original plan but that's kind of good because it makes yeah. you think laterally and it makes you think of other avenues to to pursue and other things you wouldn't normally have done. So sometimes, yeah, setting goals can can really shape the direction that you go in and help you discover new paths. And the burning question is, did you get there? Yes. Well done. Congratulations. <laughs> That's amazing. I don't think yes. there's a lot to be said with putting it out there. I think it's really important. So, you know, say it out loud, uh, commit, yes. you know, and then work backwards. And uh, I don't know. I think it just changes something in the way your brain works or that you, that you then do what you need to do to get you across the line. Yes, yes. Um yeah, it's really important. So I encourage you guys to set some goals, take yourself away, not away, you don't have to go away, just to a spot by yourself is what I mean, um, and with a cup of tea or champagne. A, some beer or and champagne. Like the, the secret is uh, you wear red underwear when you're writing out the list. <laughs> Why? Because I don't know, I read that somewhere yeah. that like when you're making these New Year goals, you should wear red underwear. So I've just decided that that's <laughs> what you do. And so every year I buy myself uh, a new pair of red underwear. That's under- hilarious. Well, I, I better I not those. write it today. It's not then. just all I'm wearing. It's like they just happen to wear red underwear. And for some reason, it's like, okay, it's like, you know, how riders will have a ritual when they're, it's a rich, it becomes a ritual. So I put my red underwear on. It's like when I know that I'm going to work, That's you know, the, the, these are my work clothes as opposed to when I'm at home <laughs> relaxing, I'll be in different clothes. Do you know what I mean? It's that whole ritual. So it's the is the the notepad. This is my list, and you know you have your cup of tea or whatever it is, and yes. you just make that an annual event. You don't have to wear red underwear. You could no, wear you green wear underwear. You could wear no underwear. Or whatever no makes underwear. you happy. But like, yes. just yeah, make a point of have a go. What have you got to lose by writing just dream. Your goals? But dream. But, but be specific. Yeah. Try and be yeah, specific. No, no because, airy fairy goals. Like because, one day I would like to. No, no. Here's the date I want to go yes. to this place, or this. Yeah. I want to do this particular photo shoot, or I want to enter this contest, or I'm going to post my first. I'm going to set up an Instagram and post a photo a day. I'm going to photograph a stranger mm. a day. I'm going to document X. Y. Z. Or I'm going to yeah. learn how to get off auto or whatever it is. But set yeah. a goal. And if you're if you've um, if you're ready for it, tell someone. You don't have to tell us necessarily, but you can if you want to through the podcast Facebook group, or just tell someone because that's just that's also very powerful. All right, now you have also been very busy doing some work with the Gold Community, haven't you, Gina? What yes. Are you doing? So yeah, I've been uh, recording the CCs for the uh, end of last year. So getting the constructive all those out there. critiques, yeah, constructive critiques for the Gold Community. Lots of amazing um, 
shoots that happen there and we've been talking about all sorts of stuff like you know getting rid of noise and uh, I've been doing uh, using Capture One and using Lightroom and using Photoshop and workshopping the best way to get uh, white backgrounds looking at, you know portraits on white backgrounds and um, posing techniques and all sorts of things uh, Val so yeah been doing that and then also with the gold members we've been uh, workshopping a lot of events so and uh, studio shoots so when when a gold member has uh, an upcoming event and there's been a lot of celebration in the, yeah, in the gold community it's, it's like you know and what I love about what happens is you know often it'll be say because uh, we've got from beginner to professional in that group mm. but it's like what I love is because often photography is such a lonely uh, profession really because it's just you usually on your own and you can you can do something like you go out and you buy a new modifier for your softbox or you get your first wedding or engagement shoot or your first event and you go home and you tell your family and they go eh what's on tv tonight <laughs> they're not as excited but you put that they you know that you've got a bunch of friends it's like you know we've had a lot of posts of like a whole whole heap of the members going I just got my first wedding or I just got my first uh event shoot or my first you know paid portrait gig and what you get is just this round of applause and support or oh oh my god I'm so nervous for my first shoot and then Everyone comes out and it's like, you've got this, you've got this. And I think there's no better feeling. It's like that you've got all the force of all the members of the community with you on that shoot. Mm. That that It's probably one of my favourite things about the gold community, Val. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the gold community is awesome and it's a great way for you to tap into uh, Gina's genius and um, – and she has, she's just got a way of explaining things that is really understandable and really relatable. And if you want to find out more, take a listen to this. Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. All right, this week we have the fine art of documentary photography with guest Nikki Boone. Tell us about Nikki. 
Yeah, so uh, I stumbled across Nikki's work uh, via a couple of podcasts that I listened to. So Photo Beers X with uh, Andrew Helmich. He's a friend of the podcast as well. And also mm-hmm. um, Out of Focus podcast, uh, an interview there. So both fantastic podcasts if you're looking for other podcasts to listen to. But uh, then I went and checked out her work and, oh, my God, I just love her stuff. So we see so many images. And I think it's harder and harder for photographers to get that cut through, that the kind of images. Yeah. I don't know. For me, the the images stop me in my tracks, and this is definitely the case with the work of Nikki Byrne. That like her style is uh, so unique, and uh, her images are incredibly powerful. So. I needed to uh, have a chat to her. Now, Nikki Boone is, she's actually a former physiotherapist and she's also a mother and a self-taught photographer. And what's interesting about her lifestyle is uh, she lives with her family in uh, New Zealand and her Her photography basically focuses on her family and her environment. Now, she grew up in rural, you know, on a farm in rural New Zealand. And so she had this uh, kind of idyllic childhood. And I was saying to Nikki that when I look at her images, they remind me of uh, that sort of carefree childhood that I had growing up in Australia and New Zealand actually driving around. And this isn't not a put down on New Zealand. It's actually something that... I celebrated about being there, but it felt like 1970s Australia in the best possible way. There was just something, uh, a quieter pace. Uh, it just felt more real, more authentic, and, and I really loved that. So she had this idyllic childhood where she's barefoot, wild, and free. And so she wanted to give her children the same existence. So she's taken them to a, a small block and she homeschools them, and uh, they have wow. very limited access to technology and her photography kind of started as a way to document that so um which is fascinating so in this episode we chat about how uh homeschooling her children and wanting to record the experience uh was a way of validating um what she did and uh and so also, what happened with Nikki is she kind of went from relative obscurity to world stage really quickly, like almost overnight. So I wanted to talk to her about how that felt and then did that influence her work because you've got all these eyes on you. Suddenly, do you start second-guessing yourself? And what what's the positive and negative sign of, side of getting that sort of uh, attention? And we chatted about who her influences and her inspiration is and the way that her she works and how she thinks or really tried to get in her head, uh, which is something that I love to do. And, uh, you know, all, all the sort of stuff and the gear and she and how she post-processes her images. So uh, very generous with her information and I, I really uh, love chatting to her. So shall we have a listen? Absolutely. So here is Nikki Boone. Nikki Boone, welcome to the show. How are you going? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. Uh, it took us a little bit of uh, doing and froing to get this interview done. Always a, that's... always a bit of a juggle with time differences. So. I know. It's crazy and it's a crazy time of the year. So I do appreciate you um, taking the time out today to have a chat. Uh, before we get started, uh, where in the world are you? Um, so I'm in the, the top of the South Island of New Zealand. 
top of the South Island, so I yep. might have gone through there. I um, was in New Zealand at the start of 2017, and as I was driving around there, I just felt like I was back in my childhood Australia, like it felt like 1970, and I don't say that in <laughs> to put you down at all. It's in a really beautiful way. It just felt like I'd stepped back in time, uh, just the way everything was, and so like when I look at your images, I'm also transported back to the <laughs> my childhood because it's like you've got these um, beautiful images of your children and playing and just being kids and I don't see any iPads or electronics or anyway. T- tell us a little bit about your lifestyle just to set the scene. Yeah, well, I guess the kids are a little bit of a product of the environment. So you just said that it felt like New Zealand was stepping back in time. And I've heard that before. Um, It's still kind of weird when you live in it. You don't really think like that. But I guess in a way we are. So I guess that's reflective of it. But they, we also, so we made a decision not to have TV in the house and we also made a decision not to have the um, electronics on tap, so to speak, for the kids. So they're in the house um, and we we don't tell them not to use it. But we only have a computer. We've just recently got an iPad, actually. Um, And they just aren't naturally drawn to it anyway. I guess it's because this doesn't get used that much. I mean, it gets used by me. But as far as I'm concerned, the stuff that I do on it is pretty boring, really. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So so you're you're on some land there. And it's like you made a decision a little while back to homeschool your kids, and which I'm kind of jealous of because I wish – I did the same thing with mine. So mine are now in their twenties, and uh, like the decision I made was to like when when all my friends were saying I'm going to send my kids to a private secondary school, I decided to take that money and in, instead invest it in travelling with my kids every year. So that's that's what awesome. I did instead of. Um, paying for a private school education and at the time everyone's like are you crazy they're going to get a better education but I think I think I'm I'm really proud of the adults that they've become I think that that sort of putting the money towards travel was uh, I think the best education that that, that they could give so let's just talk about your decision uh, to homeschool your kids was that about being able to have a better influence on their education, spend more time, uh, a dislike of the education system or all of the above? Um, actually, none of the above. Right, um, wow. Fun, okay. Funny enough. Yeah, like we didn't – we actually didn't want to have a massive influence. I mean, we have, obviously, by yeah. not having them in school, but we didn't want to then take control in any different way. So we wanted them – to have more control mm. as opposed to us having control over what they were learning. And we didn't feel like they were getting that in school. So, um, so yeah, we took them out of school, but we didn't, we certainly, I mean, I guess I tried. <laughs> I thought I had the right idea when I first, um, in fact, not only one of them has really ever been to school. So when I took him out, um, but, but it was just that the, he was in a Rudolf Steiner school. I don't know if you know. Yeah. Those schools that I've yeah so Wardoff School and 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 I loved that whole idea and their philosophy so I thought that I would bring them home and we would do all this wonderful art and yeah. poetry and and it would all just be beautiful and you know pastel coloured walls and all the rest of it um it wasn't and so that quickly changed to um 
for my own sanity, just fine. You guys just go about your business. And then it was them teaching us about how much they can actually learn on their own. Um, and so, so we've just gone down that path where they, they really are self-led with that. And it wasn't, it's not so much that we have a strong dislike for school because I think there's some great things with school and, and for some people it'll be fantastic. It's just, it's just not for us. I mean, we had them in school and we were pulling them out for various things that we found were more exciting or, or just really interesting outside of school. And I think it got to maybe halfway through the year and we, and the teacher was telling us, that if we kept pulling him out of school, that would really have a bad influence on his education. So we were like, so at that point we were like, okay, this isn't our, this isn't our jam. We have to do this differently. So that was the um, impetus to pulling him out. And yeah, that, that, they've just taught us that really this is the way they want to do it. And yeah, we, we just, we're still good. So our eldest is 14 now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we haven't really, we've just, if anything, we've gotten more and more relaxed about, um, I, I guess, that you know how you said control. I guess we've got more and more relaxed around that. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, they, they're, pretty, they, they're pretty cool humans, actually. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> they are. And so they, yeah. they, they, they choose their interests and then um, take the direction to, like it's uh, – yeah, they take their education upon themselves. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, they do. I mean, that, I it's, it. not, it's not that we're completely hands-off. I mean, yes. we're still parents and um, and, and we, su- we support, like we really do support all where their interests are at the moment. So our eldest has really taken um, to mountain biking, which is brilliant. And so, yeah, we support him with that and, and help him with training and, and you know, all those sorts of things that go into it. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, we're, we're there. We're, we're not completely – just some people – think that way they just run completely free and wild and and they do to a certain degree but uh yeah we're, we're always there <laughs> yeah of course so <laughs> and we have a property too I mean, we have 10 acres with yeah. animals and with a vineyard and so there's a there's a huge amount of work that needs to be done by everybody who chooses to live on this property so they get a fair whack of work that has to happen as well <laughs> fantastic and and so that decision to have your kids at home with you was that like is that how you started your photography career because they were there and yes yes um definitely uh, because uh I guess I had I mean when I, I traveled for years when I was younger and I um was really that's how I first started getting into photography but that all went um so I'm a physio by trade so when I came back home to New Zealand I just dropped all of that and got back into my work and it only it was only when when we decided to keep the kids at home that I actually just started taking pictures for a blog. Yep. It was just a, one of those really old blogs. I think it was just more for people who kept questioning what we were doing. And right. so then we started questioning ourselves. So I started this thinking just so I could be okay with what we were doing. It was like a kind of like a, like a diary. I'm really bad at writing. So it was kind of like my form of a diary and yeah. I could look at that and say, all right, you know, we're, we're okay. We're, we're doing things and stuff's happening. But but it just got it went as time went on it got more I just wanted more like I I don't know I, I thought I was trying to prove something to other people but I think if I was being really honest I was probably trying to prove it more to me and I and I wanted the photos to show more and show more and show more and that's how it's progressed to kind of where it is at the moment. So so you were taking the photos to show yourself that what you were doing 
was the right thing, but that yes. you were actually doing great stuff for your kids. Yes. Right? Well, yeah? I, I was just keeping my head above water, to be honest, because I really wanted it to show other people we were doing okay. Yeah. But if I was looking deeper, it was really for my own reassurance that we were okay, even though that's not what I told myself I was doing, <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> okay. So th- – you're taking these kids, these shots of your 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 kids doing stuff around. So, so just for um, anyone who's not familiar with your work, can you describe your style of photography? Um, do you know what I I have <laughs> I have issues with style. I just yep. I I used to chase it. Like I used to try and okay, what am I doing? And because when it became a little bit more about the pictures and the art for me anyway, I was, I, I got trapped in that word style. And I was like. What is my style? Is it black and white? Black and white's not a style. So what is my style? So um, and I finally no, I haven't finally. I'm still trying to figure that out, I guess. But I think I have made peace with the idea that I just photograph whatever I'm drawn to, and right. that might be my style. <laughs> like I literally just do. Like I'm just quite relaxed about it now. And if something is interesting to me, then I will photograph it, and then. I guess what's interesting to me becomes the style. Right. So if I'm interested in, like, because my, you know, the pictures are just like a hundredth of a second, right? Yeah. And there's 24 hours in a day. But if they're doing something like really cuckoo or really weird, and that often will be like, that's interesting. What? A, like, why? Um, and so I'll often photograph that. But I guess, or if they're doing something like I'm really drawn to them, um, like really serious stuff sometimes as well because yeah. it's kind of a little bit out of the norm because kids are, well, mine are anyway, they're normally sort of on the go and they're always doing something. Yeah. But I like it when they stop. You know, just those really uh, things that are just a little bit different, I guess. Yeah. From the norm. I mean, so, yeah, so that would be my style. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, it's hard. And I'm yeah. really bad at words, so I just. I mean, if I was going to describe your style, I, I mean, it's it's quite dark. Uh, right. But it's also, uh, I don't mean that in, um, you know, that it's actually dark in a, in a down way. It's uh, dark. It celebrates uh, childhood. It's nostalgic to me. Uh, yeah. And I think the reason I think it's nostalgic is because they're outside doing stuff that you mm. see kids do like when I grew up. That's like what looked like what my childhood was like and things like that. So were there... Any particular photographers that influenced your work that you were sort of drawn to as you were learning photography? Mm. Yeah, I think that um, that I'm, I'm a kind of like a really I'm really big on researching stuff. So I used to I would spend ages looking up photographers, but it's different photographers at different times, and then it's been different artists at different yeah. times too. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean definitely. Um, long-term documentary type photographers without a doubt uh and I mean I could list like hundreds but it's it's also like really kind of different like I've been always really attracted to this sounds really weird but you know like cd covers or book covers yeah yeah like I've always been really drawn to things like that oh and since with the kids um there's some really neat books out there with some amazing children's illustrations like illustrations and kids books sorry is what I'm trying to say like there's a lot of that will inspire us. It's anything yep. that makes me feel. Got like it. Like anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that's. I mean, that's the role of us as artists, isn't it? Is to make somebody feel something, and I guess that's what inspires me. Not that I go and actually copy what I see, but it's the fact that hey, that's made me really feel something. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just think that too much of our. I'm sorry, I'm diverting now, but I just think that too much of our world is just being really numbed at the moment. Like everyone's yeah. so fast, and everyone's so you know, on this treadmill of got to do, got to do. And, and and I think it's all those things that you see or, or hear like music or, um, a, or photos or um, illustrations or paintings that actually make you stop. Yes. And then you realize that you were on this treadmill and you hadn't stopped. And it's that stuff that inspires me, the stuff that makes you stop. Yeah. Your work stops me. So when I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see your images, they stop me. So that they, they, you you get a, like there's an emotional reaction, and um, you know when and, and when we think about it, it, any work that you see, if there's an emotional reaction, that's got nothing to do with you, actually, Nikki. It's all yeah. about me. I'm seeing through my yeah. own filter, so we can't really control how someone else reacts to our work. But no. you know the fact that you are putting out this. Uh, very personal work, uh, I would say, because they're your children, and yeah. uh, and then I react to it. Uh, I think is a beautiful thing. So let's go back now. So when thank you, thank first... you. It's like the highest of compliments. <laughs> <laughs> when you, you're welcome. When you first started, decided I want to take pictures. What did that look like? So in the early years, it, you know, you start to uh, you pick up a camera. What are you still shooting, Canon? Uh, I've got a little Fuji now, an uh, XT2. All right, yep. cool. Uh, but when you first started, did you start with a, a DSLR? And yep. how did that, how did you, and you taught yourself, is that correct? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Pretty so, much, yeah. You should see the first photos. Yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. I definitely well, taught myself. <laughs> no, but, but someone needs to start a blog uh, for all artists who are starting out that shows. Even like, because we only see the best of the best, and yes. as a photographer starting out, we you, it, it, you, you tend to believe that everybody starts out good, and nobody starts out good. Uh, yeah, you know? the joys of social media who sh- who tell us that everything is this good, yeah, everything's amazing from the start. So when you were starting yeah. out, what uh, like what did that look like? What what, what were you doing, and and uh, how were you experimenting, and how did you hone your skills? Um, I think I started like most other photographers with the 50 mil 1.8 taking pictures of eyelashes and focus and everything else out of focus. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many pictures of my children's eyelashes. (laughs) Um, so yeah, and it just, then, you know, it was just that whole wanting more out of a picture, I guess, because there's only so many eyelash pictures you really need. In yeah. an album, so um, and my kids were doing more, so yeah, but, but I didn't know how to do more. So it was, I think it came, I think it came mostly from all those influences. I think I took a few online courses and things like that, but I think the biggest jumps were when I learnt of another artist and like dove right deep into their work yeah. and then there'd be another artist and you dive deep into their work. And I think that's where the biggest learning came from. And not, not just like, I, th- I think I started off just looking at everyone's work, but it was when you find, found that one artist and then you really 
dove into their work and then you read the interviews and you read everything they wrote and then you got their book and you know you looked at how they put work together that that was where the learning was from that stuff not not just a picture or a few pictures so was there a lot of uh taking a shot looking at it reviewing it uh seeing where you could improve it and then going back and trying again no i really wish i was as analytical as that but um I'm I'm one of the I'm just I'd much rather just take another picture. Like I I do edit, but my my editing's just like really quick. I don't spend long on it at all. And then I'm I'm like I can it, it gives me a feeling of of yes or no, and then I just move on. Like I even don't even like looking back over my pictures. Wow. <laughs> I just I just don't. I, I've had to force myself to make albums and stuff. Think because it's for the kids, not for me. Yeah. But I don't. I just I just don't look at that stuff I'd much rather make another picture and another picture and another picture yeah okay so <laughs> I think it's come from more shooting than it has yeah. reviewing and analyzing that All yeah right. so you're shooting a lot and it's a documentary style so the, the, to capture that sort of stuff and I've had a go and it's just like it's not in me to shoot in that way I'm, I'm very much planning and this is the look that I want and this is how and I want it. you're so lit. good at it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. But that, that, and so whenever I'm in a, in a situation where stuff is happening in front of me, I see it and then you know that if, if I've seen it and registered it, I, I've missed the shot. Uh, ah. So with a documentary photographer and the stuff that you do, it's happening in front of you. And so it's almost, I think, from all the documentary photographers I've interviewed, it's intuitive. You just yep. know. You just do. It, 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 you're in the zone when you're shooting. So, what do you spend? Did you spend a lot of time just uh, building up your your skills to be in a position where you just know, like you know, the camera, like the back of your hand, so that you can pick up a shot, pick up the camera, and and get that shot as it's happening, like that. So yeah, you're not I, almost- I guess. I'm not very good um, with a camera, and I still make lots of mistakes. I think I've, I've become <laughs> – I tend to more embrace the mistakes than I do uh, take the time to then go and learn the camera. Like I love blur and out of focus mm. and that mm. kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think it, it is intuitive because I know you say that, you know, the moment's gone if you've seen it. Mm. But, the, the, I mean, in, in the first – there's a little bit of – there's a lot of intuitive stuff where – you, I mean, it's different for me because I also know my kids really well. Yeah, I can't predict what they're going to do because they're kids. But I also know, you know, one, my youngest, she tends to keep repeating things. Yeah. My third child, never. If I've missed what he's done, he's not going to do that one thing again. He will fly on to the next thing. You know, so you kind of, I'm lucky. I can know, you know, if I sit here, this is possibly going to happen type thing. Um, I also have all the time in the world. Yeah. So I shouldn't say that. I have a lot of time. I have all the time with them. Yes. Um, so I'm lucky in that regard too. And but but yeah, I think I think it becomes intuitive because you you kind of know. I mean, you you must do it too. So you can see a scene and know what it'll look like in camera. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, you'll, you'll do it too, even though your work is different. You'll, you'll see something in front of you and you'll know what that's going to look like in camera. Well, uh, yeah, and, I see it in my head, the way that I want to shoot it. But and then you can, you, but you then know. Then I'll manipulate the shot with light. 
to to get what I want. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the same thing. I can't mm. manipulate what's happening in front of me, mm. but I can, I mean, I know with this light and this direction, um, and then I, it's just blind faith that yeah. something will happen yeah. in front of the camera, you know, if I've got myself in the right position, and then it's just literally, and I love that part of it. I love that it's either something's going to happen or it's not, and I've got no control over that, and I actually really like that part of it. It's, it's like what? It's fascinating, and uh, I interviewed uh, Donato Di Camillo, and he was oh, talking yeah. about. Um, he said, "When when you've done enough of this sort of work, that the pe- people will tell you what they're about to do. You feel it, so that there are tells, like um, uh-huh. the, the the way someone carries themselves or looks. You, you know that something's about to go down. And uh, he like would a, know because he shoots yeah, on the it's street, a, doesn't it's he? It's yeah. a street smart, and he learnt a lot yeah. of that when he was in prison." You know, that the way uh, someone would breathe or carry themselves or maybe clench yeah. their fists, that something was about to go down. And, wow. You know, yeah, and that's really interesting. And I think, like you were saying, with your kids, you're so in tune with it. Like you just know, like even uh, this morning uh, I was lying in bed and both the dog and the cat were together next to each other. And yeah. I knew that the the dog did something, had a look in his eye. I'm like, he's about to attack. He's about to have a go at the cat because there's just a tell, right? Yeah. So yeah. is it like that with your kids? You'll know that, like, you know, if one of them has a look, they're about to, you know, do something or about to run off, or is, is yeah, it like, yeah, you kind of feel it to before a degree. It happens, yeah. yeah. To a degree, yeah. It can also turn to complete custard within milliseconds, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. But, again, I love that. I love that that it, you just don't know. You don't know what is actually going to pan out. And nine times out of ten, it's it's rubbish or it's completely not what you want it to. Yeah, and I think <laughs> that's, that's, okay. that, that's uh, part of the thing that a lot of people who are looking at your shots are thinking, well, you'll go out for, an, you know, an hour and come back with 50 good shots and it's just not the case and I think that this has been the common theme among many of the documentary photographers that I've interviewed that there is a lot of shit that you have to wade through before you get that little diamond there is a lot of shit there is a lot of shit so um and it's and when you've got a shot like the the one that you go oh my god that's it do you know it at the time that you're shooting it often yeah, yeah, often. But the thing is about the shit is that the the shit has a really it has a really big part to play because mm. it's through the shit that you learn what is shit <laughs> and what is good, you know. And that's really like that's the best learning ever is to <laughs> learn to differentiate that because then you can start climbing the ladder. But you're not going to ever climb that ladder if you don't take the shit. You know, do you know what I mean? Like if you go create the shit and you've got nothing to climb on. <laughs> So to speak. It reminds me of my uh, f- favourite uh, quote from my mum. It's a Sicilian proverb and she says, from shit, good things grow. It's true, man. It's true. And it's, and it's so funny because a lot of the stuff that I've learned from in photography is actually what my kids have learned because that's the whole essence of just letting them go and, and not and trying. I'm not always that great at it, but trying not to impart too much of what my ideas of what they could be doing mm. on them because they need to make the mistakes and learn that, you know, <laughs> that they've got the sewing machines out this morning. So they're learning that, you know, sewing three bits of material the wrong way around is going to end up in a really big mistake, you know, without yeah. me coming in and saying, I think, da, 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 da. but it's the same with photography, right? I mean, yeah. you, you almost, 
don't want to go to the workshops where people are telling you exactly how they do something so that you can exactly do that something and end up with pictures like them because oh, there's actually yes. no learning in that. You no, know, there's I... no learning in that. You have to you have to take a million pictures of eyelashes and put re- horrible like filters on them to learn that that is shit <laughs> to grow from that, you know? I agree 100%. And when I when I'm teaching, I I the, the, the last thing I want my students to come away with is a picture-perfect copy of one of my shots, which yeah. I often see in workshops. And it's great. It looks good for the person teaching and the student comes away with an amazing image, but there's no learning there. I, I would rather yeah. say, here's why I, I do what I do. This is why, 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 why. Here's quickly how. But then I, I will dismantle the whole shot and then hand over the light and the model and go, okay, now you play, right. and get it wrong. And, uh, but you know, uh, but that's the hard part, but that's where mm. all the, the good stuff happens when you're trying to figure stuff out. Uh, and as I'm sure your kids would have, I failed sewing miserably uh, <laughs> and I wish I paid more attention in class. So I hope they're doing, yeah. they're doing better than I ever did. Um, now coming back. So as you're like, you're developing your skills as a photographer and uh, you're shooting this uh, stuff that's in front of you uh, just because, right? Because yep. you wanted to document this thing. And like a lot of, there's a lot of talk about uh, it, like everyone's obsessed with how to be uh, Insta famous and how to be successful as a photographer and how to make loads of money. And there's all these uh, strategies that people share about if you post on this day at this time, mm-hmm. use these hashtags, blog about this, talk about this, then you will be a success. But I think uh, what you've done in terms of, and when I define success, I, I define success as doing good work, full stop. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't care about the other, any of the other stuff. And I actually hate talking about the business side of photography. Um, but like with uh, your success, uh, I think uh, that most of that has come from just doing good work and putting good work out there. And I think that's the best way that you can um, become successful because when you put out good work, eventually people notice it. Uh, what was uh. your experience with that? Because you actually, so you're putting out this work and then all of a sudden you go from kind of nobody really knowing who you were to the whole world finding out who you were. What sort of effect did that have on you? And do you want to just explain how that all came about? Yeah, it was, that was kind of um, batshit crazy. It's that was crazy. Yeah, it really was. So it just it all came from I think um, I can't remember some online magazine posted it and it just went nuts from there. Um, it was a really weird, weird, really strange journey. So initially, it's like what the what, and then I had my husband you know, not being entire, like he knew that the pictures were on Facebook, but it was really just, you know, I don't know, four or five people that were seeing them. And all of a sudden we had to really make sure that we were okay. It was a bit late by that point, but me to make sure we're okay with what we were doing. And um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting ride. And then, then it was the dealing with the whole, you know, just make keeping yourself in check really with what was going on. You know, when you've got all these likes and making sure you didn't get, I didn't get swept up in all this, Mm. um, you know, the, 
if you want to call it success, online success. And um, the kids were the best with that. You know, see, again, they just teach me this stuff. Like, you know, when they make something, they will spend hours making or they will spend hours um, making up a game, you know, make believe game or something. And, and they'll do it and all the rules and, and then they'll play it and then they'll just move on. And yet they've spent like 24 hours pretty much designing this thing. And then they move on to the next thing because the deal is that the fun is only ever in the process of doing it or the process of organizing to do mm. it. And then they move on and they've got it. Like they, they've got it all sorted out. It's us that yeah. have an issue with the rest of it. And, and the truth is that you don't ha we have no control over what the rest is. We have no control over what, who's going to like what at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and and it, that was, you know, and just remembering that and keeping that all in check was really cool, but it was the kids that helped me with it. Um, and do you know what, do you know what was really funny? Um, I, I read this somewhere, but it was also my kids pointing out because I have, I have Instagram and I have Facebook um, and I'm on, on, on them periodically just here and there. But my kids have never really, like they, they know that it exists, but they like they look at Instagram and they're like, whatever. And then if you think about it, if somebody was trying to, so, so you spend, I don't know how, I mean, you must spend ages doing your shoots because they're, they're phenomenal. They're amazing. And you produce this piece of art. But then honestly if someone's trying to sell it to you right so I want you to put all this work into this piece of art and then I'm going to shrink it down to the size of a stack that you put on <laughs> and I'm going to put it on a teeny tiny handheld device and people are going to spend maybe two or three seconds with it um, and it's going to be put next to a whole pile of adverts like mm -hmm. who's buying into that we are it's crazy it's and, my, and my kids have it sorted out they're like but if I put a massive great big painting in front of them, they might be interested. Yeah. And yet this is what we're doing to our art. And then we want people to like these teeny tiny little postage stamp size images that they look at for one second. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. And then we value our art on this 0.5 of a second that somebody's spent on a postage size piece of your art for two seconds. I mean, it's just... It's funny. Sorry, I'm just on a soapbox. No, but it's crazy, it's, and it's like we are so crazy, and and we and and then we get hung up on something that we had no control over in the first place. The yeah. only thing we have control over is the time that we put into it, yeah. and the fun we have doing it, and the love and the joy that we have doing it. So, so, so why why are we putting all our energy into um, worrying about the results? Do you know what I mean? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm just I know. I totally get what it's you mean. So and it's, I think that's what's uh, beautiful about kids. And it sounds like your kids are living in, in the moment a lot longer than a lot of other kids that maybe are influenced by all the screen time. So I think that that, that is an, an amazing thing because all our suffering as adults comes from worrying about what's happened in the past or um, fretting about something that might happen in the future, and and we miss largely um, that we don't have control over. We have yeah. no control over <laughs> the future. Yeah. So and and then you know, so if you can just uh, do the work and let that be enough for you, then I think we'll all be happier as artists. But I guess I agree. We all. It have sounds to... really cliche, doesn't it? Because it, I know everyone's saying it, but the the thing is, it's true. <laughs> That's it, just true. It's totally true. So. You know, here you are, and 
what was the what was the catalyst that that, that ha- got you noticed? What was the, was there one thing? Did you enter a contest? Did you apply for something? Like how did ha- how were yeah, you found the first um, time around? So I entered. It was the very first competition I think I entered. Um, it was a no, no, it wasn't actually. Sorry, no, it was it was a lens culture competition. Yeah, I was really I was really inspired by what I saw on there, and I thought I'll I give it a go because on there if you entered you got feedback and I didn't have any mentors or any photographers that I knew around here and I've, I'd never really had any feedback on my work. So I was like, well, I'm in. So I entered it, um, got some feedback. It didn't go well and then I entered it again and then I got a place and then uh, some online magazine picked it up and I don't know, it was one of those bored pandas or one of those yeah. ones and it just kind and of went from it, there. Okay. But the funny thing was that um, it was kind of as – maybe even more than it was about the pictures. It was about the what people ran with was more that, you know, these crazy children are growing up without devices, you know, their yeah. lives are screwed. And that was the angle that they were taking and that's more why it went the way it went. So it was that's, more about your lifestyle that people were yeah. intrigued the rather I than so. images. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think so because it was just so – I mean, it just gave um, people fuel to – you know, troll about and send horrible emails, you know, all night and all day to my email box, which was awesome. <laughs> oh, right. And so it, was there a lot of negative feedback about the, the yeah. content of your images? Because it's like – Oh, there's often, a bit of that. Yeah. Yep, there's a bit of that, you know, because they showed some skin and – Yeah. And damn it, they were free. Like, poof, we can't be having that in this world. <laughs> you know, it was, it, was, it was interesting. It was interesting, but a little bit. Yeah, it had us on a back foot and it had us kind of, you know, just questioning what we were doing, making sure we were okay. But if anything, it just strengthened everything for us. But it just took, it just was a little bit of a roller coaster to get to that point first. Well, yeah, especially like when you have people saying, you know, your kids are screwed. They don't know technology. How are they going to live in the world? You know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. <laughs> well, they seem happy and well-adjusted and, uh, and I think that's what's, what's most important. Um all right, yeah, so it's a little weird, but you know, we all are, so whatever. <laughs> um, I want to like, uh, I actually wanted to spend much more time with you on this interview, but we we got our times mixed up, yeah. and so I um, definitely have to have you back for a for a longer chat. But um, I've noticed, uh, I think recently you made a trip to Mexico, is that right? And you're, uh, you started doing, uh, w- working with a mentor. So talk about that and how important that was for you. Cause you talk about like feeling that your work needed to go in another direction. I think you're trying to set the bar even higher for yourself. So, uh, what was that experience like and what did you get out of it? Um, so I was speaking at a conference in Canada and, um, Ernesto Bazan is a photographer whose work, he was kind of like one of the first photographers I found when it really triggered something in me, and I don't know what it was, um, but it was, I don't know, like just that whole that photography can be, um, without sounding really sappy, like poetry. It can be like mm. this whole other form of art rather than just pure documentary type stuff. It was like a crossover, and it was really exciting to me. And I found out that he was running workshops, um, but I could never get to them because they were on these amazing parts of the world that are just so far away from here but it just so happened that his one in Mexico coincided with me being in that continent anyway so I kind of jumped on it so it was a workshop more than it was a mentorship type thing 
Um, and there was two, but I was lucky there was only two students on it. So I guess it became more like a mentor thing. Mm. Um, and so we spent two weeks in the um, village of villages of the Sierra Norte mountains down Oaxaca. Wow. Um, and it was phenomenal. One, just being in that part of the world. But Oaxaca's two, up in the mountains, isn't it? Yes. It's amazing. Yep. I spent a week there. It's oh, just the most amazing location. Wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's just um it's just nothing else. It really moved me and just spending that time with Ernesto, who's the most he's the most amazing human. Like he's just a very beautiful human to spend time with and to learn from and not just about photography, but life and you know, all of that really good stuff. Yeah. Um, but photography too. Like he just has a way of seeing and feeling the world around him that he can put in a photo and, and 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 he never once sort of said, you know, this needs to be this way because of this, this, this. He just would tell you how something felt and would uh, such a gentle guidance. It was just, it was really amazing. It was really amazing. I just really felt that, not that my work was, um, I don't know, that it, yeah, I guess I, I felt like I needed it more yeah. than my photography needed it. Like maybe it was my photography too, but I just, it's really hard to describe. It was just a feeling and it and it was just meant to be and it was just meant to happen. And I was looking for it. I was looking for something, um, but I didn't want it to be a workshop where this is how you do this. And funny enough, I hesitated too because I didn't want it to be a travel workshop. I, I didn't, I don't really want to go and do travel photography, mm. but it's, it was neither. And it was, it was perfect. And I don't know, um, I and interestingly, I haven't really picked up my camera an awful lot since then, so we'll see how. Wow. <laughs> I, just, I just have a bit of faith that that's all part of the process. But, um, yeah, I don't know how that's going to immediately transcribe into anything, if anything, but it was just a beautiful experience, and I'm so pleased I, I um, got to do it. Yeah. It's interesting because those images, uh, you've put them up, and it's like, well, your style, I know you don't like that word, but they look like your shots. I guess oh, wow. that's what your style is, you know, when yep. you can put a shot up and, and uh, it it doesn't stand out like, you know, it's like, oh, my God, what's happened here? There's something completely different. It's just a continuation of your style uh, in a different location, I guess, which I think is a good thing. What, was it was yep. it that like being on the, on the property and uh, photographing the kids, did you get to a point where I've seen that before or there's – nothing new to see. what was it that that you felt needed to change well I think it's uh, it was a combination of things I think that I've grown and wanted more but my kids have grown yeah. and so everything changes like I've got a 13 year old and a 14 year old now and everything changes at that age everything's different and I'm still like okay has it have what I'm doing finished yeah. or is it just that I need to grow a little bit in a different direction to carry this on. I don't think I'll stop photographing them, but I do think that the way I go about it might need to be a bit different. I don't know, maybe not, but I felt like I needed a real boost outside of this to, um, I don't know, just get a different, just a different take on life, I guess, and then see if I can come at it from a different way or, Maybe I came at it from a, I, I don't know. It was, it's a whole, like everything changes and I want to change with it. I just don't really know how. <laughs> yeah. And with the kids at that age, and I'm just going on my personal experience. So there was up until a certain age, they, 
they're there with you. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever you want. Like, you know, um, I'm with mum. She's taking photos. This is all great. And then one day these aliens come and they take the brain <laughs> of your children and they, they put another brain in there <laughs> and you then have to spend the next five years living with someone that you actually don't really like because they're hideous. And then you, you just have to navigate your way. Yourself. Good luck on that. There's four of them. But you have to navigate your way through that, you know, and you're just suddenly going from being the um everything to them to being just like they look at you like <laughs> they, they stepped in something whenever they look at you you have to park around the corner from school you're not allowed to talk to their friends you're not allowed to look at their friends even and this goes on and then they come back I promise they come back oh, and God. you and, and then they'll let you photograph so have you thought uh, about that yeah, see, I guess I'm lucky in some regards. So, um, I mean, we don't have school and they're not they're not bothered by the camera. They still are totally okay with the camera. They're bothered by me often. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, what did I do? I did the same Nothing. thing I did yesterday. Why am I getting this reaction? Yeah. Like, wow, it's crazy. Something does come in and take over them. And they're, they're still <laughs> beautiful people and they're still the same little people but just in quite different um they really try on a lot of different outfits, don't they, in terms of who yeah. they are and what they're being every day. And, and sometimes, my goodness, I'm just like, what? Where did that come from? Yeah. It's crazy. And But it, but it's exciting at the same time because now I've got these – they were, I, um, they're all little, always little humans, but now they're like these bigger humans with this whole other outlook on things. And it's fascinating. Yeah, they're still okay with the camera. It's, it's not – I don't think it's them as much as it is me. Right. Um, having to move and change with them because, you know, with them growing up is that whole realization that you're still growing up and you're in a different phase of life as well. And yeah, there's a whole, whole lot of stuff that goes along with that too. And that they are constantly reminding you um, that, you know, you, you are changing too. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, uh, yeah. So right. I don't know where it's going to go. We'll see. <laughs> Just allow it to happen. Allow whatever happens happened. Uh, yeah. Just on um, your your shooting, uh, so you're using now the, are you on the Fuji XT? Yes. So I got that because um, I was really lucky. Um, I got to <laughs> max out the credit card and I took the kids to Europe a couple of years ago when mm. I was speaking at a conference and uh, I just could not do four children and a Canon. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just was not going to happen. So that's when I got the XT2 and I thought, well, you know, I can on-sell it um, when I get back, but I haven't really used anything else since then. It's great. So it is works. that a 35 you're shooting with? Um, I either shoot with, well, equivalent because it's a, yeah. you know, um, so I either shoot with a 28 or a 35. Right. So when I was overseas, I just took a 28 with me actually. Wow. Which is cool. Mm. And, and uh, post-processing, are you doing that through Lightroom or Capture or Photoshop oh. or all of the above? I'm very, very simple. It's pretty much just through Lightroom. Yeah. Very simple. <laughs> and you're shooting color raw and then you convert to black and white? Yes. Excellent. Yep. Mm. All right. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to have to leave it there as much as I've got a 50 billion other questions. Uh, just before we go, what 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 are your plans for the next uh, like little while? Do you, do you plan to do more um, 
sort of uh, stuff overseas or get, you know, away from the kids? Have you thought about um, it? Yep, yep, I have. Um, so I've got a, a month in Europe coming up in March and April, which is really exciting. And then I am really looking forward to speaking um, at a conference in Miami in May. And um, what is what is really cool is that I've uh, had I've got a gallery in Santa Fe who have um, are representing my work, and I've got an uh, exhibition. It's a shared exhibition in June, so um, I'm crossing my fingers that maybe I can hopefully get my kids there because I I feel really really strongly that the pictures are theirs as much if not more yeah. than they are mine. So I really want them to be at that gallery um opening so at the exhibition opening so i'm hopefully i can get them there because that's really important to me so that's what i'm working on at the moment <laughs> and you doing any teaching yourself um no well I, I did teach a workshop in vancouver just which i'd never done before and that was really scary but also um really cool like it was so cool to have a room full of people and we and i theoretically was teaching but we were all learning off each other it was, yeah yeah, it was awesome because I just don't – there's just not – we just don't have a lot of that going on in this country, a lot of this availability of workshops and stuff. I don't know what it's like over in Aussie, but I know that it's everywhere in the States, and I'm, yeah. it's, I'm always so, like, envious of everything that you've got available. So, um, yeah, it was really neat to be involved in that, and maybe I could do a bit here. I don't know. We'll see. I'll get don't you know. to – still- I'm still grappling with the idea that anyone would want to learn. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I'd go to one of your workshops for yeah, sure. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, anyone can look, can learn stuff just the way I did. <laughs> um, I'll get you to send me links to where you – so the speaking gigs you've got coming up, are they available to general public? Yeah, they um, – funny enough, I, I don't know why. Barring the one in Miami, which is really cool, it's um, primarily set up for family documentary photographers, mm-hmm. but the other ones are wedding photography conferences. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, they are, of course, completely open to everyone, but that's where their focus is. I'll get you to send me the links to all of those and I'll, I'll put those in the show notes. And so uh, so people can find you. So it's uh, at Nikki Boone photo on instagram yes. and your yes. website is nikki boone photos yeah i think it's photos all right and oh, I'll, put, I can too, I think. I'll put all those links in the show notes as well so cool. uh, thank thank you so much uh oh for no thank with me you today and, you're uh, such a cool person it's been so lovely talking to you uh, <laughs> it's been great thanks a lot okay <laughs> All right, so there's Nikki Boone, and if you want to look at some of her images of her children younging, running wild and free and barefoot, uh, they're awesome. They're just really, really powerful black and white images. Uh, you can check them out in the show notes at ginamilitia.com, but also you can check out Nikki's website. That's Nikki Boone. That's N-I-K-I. Boone, B-O-O-N, photo.com. That's NikkiBoonePhoto.com. That was really awesome. Yeah. That's just, yeah, awesome images. Inspiring really, really stuff. love them. Yeah, loved. Thanks, Nikki. That was a great, great interview. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. All right, so you're going off in the wild blue yonder very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to tell us before or after you return where you're going? Probably none of the above, Val. <laughs> 
It's like it's like she works for ASIO or the CIA, right? So, okay, in reality, she's a spy. Yeah. <laughs> this is just a cover. All of these celebrities that she's um, photographing and all of the shoots that she does in various parts of the world, it's just a cover. What's all right, a TV where do we show about that where there's the two spies that uh the Americans? That's no. it. Have you watched oh, but, that? But you're not a Russian spy. No, I could be. How do you know? Yeah, okay, right. <laughs> My name uh, yes, is I really Natasha. Did you yeah, used to watch Rocky Nastasi. and Bullwinkle? Yes. <laughs> I love that show. I'm gonna yeah, go watch cool. it on YouTube now. Okay. Hey Rocky, um, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? That trick never works. Oh my god. Um uh I've totally lost my train of thought. So where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at GinaMilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at uh on all social media at Gina Militia and I'm in the podcast community facebook group just search for we probably should just put a link in the show notes what do you reckon val so you want to be a photographer of course facebook we will group. do we'll that put a link in the show notes and make it easier for everyone to find us but great bunch of um, photographers from all over the world and if you want to connect with me in person you can find me in the gold community at ginamilitia.com just click on join the community hopefully 2019 is the year that you take your photography to the next level and if that's the case i'd love to work with you what about you val uh for those of you who don't want to go to the show notes just search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community on facebook and request to join it's just that gina's had a little bit to drink now i can never remember say it's all such of the a words. lot of it's a lot of words so, to remember val You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram, and also ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and here's to a great start to 2019. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.